I'm milling about with Ellen Warshaw, and we're at the Big Bungalow in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. Woohoo! Dang, yippee! <laughs> Woo-woo! You are an unbelievable, talented person, and, and it reflects in your home. So tell me how you came to own this beautiful home from being a singer-songwriter from New York. Right. So I was a singer-songwriter from the time I was nine. Made an album when I was 15 on Vanguard. Uh, and uh, from there, it's been downhill all the way. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess What was I, the name uh, of the album? Uh, Ellen Warshaw. Okay. And uh, when I was, you know, the music scene in New York turned from rock to, uh, well, I think the 80s and MTV killed my career, basically. And uh, there wasn't much going on for me musically in New York after a while. It was all hip-hop and R&B. So I decided to come to Nashville because of the incredible music scene here. I wanted to be a part of this incredible community and write songs and learn the language of the South because it's very different. What was your experience, Ellen, when you first moved here? It was fantastic because it's a small town and everybody's a writer. So it was vibrant and I was busy and I went out every night and I heard great people and everybody would exchange numbers and then you'd get together and write songs with them. It was fantastic. But I am a good writer, not a great writer, but a good writer and uh but it wasn't my heart. Rock and roll, I'm, you know, a Jew from New York, and rock and roll was my thing. So here, it's a very different mindset. It's a different language, literally. So after years of kicking around and writing and trying to get financial success, I stopped having fun. So when you stop having fun, you have to move on to the next thing. You have to move on to the next thing. I write feel songs, and country music is, is story songs. And that, that wasn't my story. So I uh, agonized for about a year or two and then woke up one morning and said, I think I'll open a bed and breakfast. <laughs> Just like that. that. I never even had stayed in one. That's how it came to me. And I called my mom, and I said... I think I'll open a bed and breakfast. She said, you are perfect for that. How much money do you need? Oh, your mom's gorgeous. And she's, her artwork is, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. So she, I don't know that I would have done it had it not been for the loan from mom or the bank of mommy, as I called it. Uh, I just did it. My brother was like, uh, and sister-in-law were like, well, how much money do you have to make to make it worthwhile to da-da-da-da-da? I said, don't do that. My boyfriend at the time sent me a book, how to open a, a bed and breakfast. I never opened that book. I never thought about it. If you build it, they will come. And that's what happened. And you're like famous here, not to mention we have people in common, which is just unbelievable as well. It's that small, small world thing. And it's fantastic. I've had people show up here from that were born in Merrick, where I was born. It's crazy. So anyway, the uh, it's a way to pay down a mortgage. I've been a massage therapist for 23 years. And before 
when I moved here, that's all I did. I did massage. But you, you don't get rich working with your body like that unless you open up a spa or something. So I had a little house thanks to money from the parents. And uh, I sold that house to put the down payment on this and uh, never looked back. Well, you, you, you live in this home, so, so this is essentially your home. It is. It's a roof over my head, and it's a beautiful one. And uh, I am a bit of a homebody, especially now that I'm not singing every night and out in the clubs. I, I never leave the house. And um, I enjoy being at home. So it's a good thing that I have people coming through my home. Otherwise, I would be, you know, like a hermit with chin whiskers and, you know, it would be bad. Now, tell me about the tell me about the house concerts that you have here. I love that. Yeah, uh, that was a way for me to get my jollies by not being on stage anymore. I would have house concerts, and that would make me feel like I was still performing and still part of the scene. And uh glorious music, incredible songwriters would just come and for no money, just out of the goodness of their hearts and a desire to be seen and be heard because a lot of them are writing songs but still wanted to be artists but were not able to make that switch or are older now and just are writing songs for other people. So they would come into this house and I would be like so incredibly grateful to be sitting here with all these incredible songwriters in my home just for fun. And you move everything away, take all the furniture out in the living room, yeah. and this becomes the space. This becomes the space. And if we need to, if we get really busy, uh, it, it people come and go. It's a three-hour deal, like from 7 to 10. I like to do it on a Saturday night. So if it gets really crowded, they sit in the dining room and sit up on the stairs and so forth. And it's it's fabulous. Now, we went to the Bluebird Cafe last night. We were so lucky to have gotten in. Do you find a lot of musicians like to stay here at the Big Bungalow? Do you get that? No. I get... Uh, <laughs> no. I get... Uh, pe- they probably can't afford the Big Bungalow. <laughs> they have to stay in a hostel on Broadway or something. Exactly. And share their room with somebody they don't know. Or sleep on a recording studio floor, which yeah. happens a lot or in this in town. van. Yeah. Is it still called a van or they called SUVs now? I don't know the difference, but in any event, yeah. So uh, the people who stay here are from all over the world. Um, English people love country music. I get a lot of people from the UK. I get uh, people from Japan, all over the world. And uh, they come here for the country music. And uh, they love it. And um, I do get some staycations. uh, And then I get people from all around the country who are here for the country music. But most of the time, it's just tourists. Every once in a while, we'll get somebody who's a player, who's a singer songwriter from wherever it is they come from. Often after breakfast at 8.30 in the morning or 9 in the morning, we'll whip out the guitars and sit around and sing and play songs. I love it. I love it. Now, let's talk about the decor. Uh, 
your mom, your mom's voice is everywhere in this home. It's obvious. Part of that is because she's such a talented artist. Uh, I never le- like to leave my dad's voice out of this either because all the beautiful watercolors are his. And uh, he was a spectacular artist. But he's no longer with us, so he's no longer producing. So my mom, in four weeks, she's going to be 91. And just six months ago, she stopped painting and teaching stone carving and wood carving. But so I have a lot of her stuff. And because she was continually producing, I was able to fill my house with it. And it's all for sale, right? A lot of it? A lot of it is for sale. I have sold many of her pieces probably over the years. I've been here 19 years. I probably have sold about nine or ten pieces of stone out of the house. I also sell art for local artists. Now, of course, um, I don't want to say tchotchkes because they're better than tchotchkes, but you have like all these collections of, of in uh, in your in your break frontier. I see like little dolls. So talk about that. Well, my uh, when, when I was born in 1905, <laughs> my... Five years after me, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah five years before you, uh, my mother uh, was so thrilled that she had a girl that, uh, and my parents traveled. They did not travel with my brother and I to Disneyland. They traveled without us to fabulous places. And I'm, They put you in sleepaway camp or something. Yeah, yeah, well, we definitely did the sleepaway camp thing, but they left me with our grandparents. But we loved our grandparents, but I am now very bitter still that they didn't take us with uh, them everywhere. But I also understand, because I have a adopted family here and my godkids, and when they go away, they all go together, and I think, oh, my God, that's that's rotten. That's not fun. So now I get it. But anyway, my grandparents traveled as well. So they all started buying dolls for me when they knew they had a little girl. And I played with every one of them. They all made it except for one, but I still have her. So I love my beautiful doll collection. There's about a hundred, about a hundred of them. Well, yeah, they're beautiful. So now let's talk about the breakfast side of of the bed and breakfast. When I opened the bed, now I had been a waitress and a bartender in Manhattan for 19 years. So, or 18 years. Well, I worked at CBGB's. No. Yeah, for three years. So in 1978. 78, 79, 80. The heyday of, well, kind of on the the outskirts of the heyday. But still, I saw the police when there were 30 people in the audience and nobody knew who they were. It was fantastic. It really was. There were days that were a little shocking and not fantastic when the dead boys were playing or the plasmatics. that, that, That was really horrible and not fun at all. But some days were just extraordinary because it was the birth of a music scene and I was witness to it and it was fabulous. And my bands and I played there all the time and it was so much fun. And um, I also worked for a really long time at a neighborhood bar, kind of like a really dark version of Cheers. You know, and and uh, I worked there for years. It was called Googies, and it was on the... I know Googies. (laughs) You're talking my neighborhood, girlfriend. Absolutely. And I lived above it. Uh 
So that's how I got the job. So I lived in that little apartment for about 16, 17 years, right above one flight up, dangerous, of the bar that I worked in. But anyway, yes, I'm in the service industry. And so this bed and breakfast was certainly not a stretch Mm -hmm. at all. So the breakfasts that I serve here, uh, that was definitely a learning curve for me because I would make parties and I would serve here in Nashville, but I would serve dinners. I loved making dinners, but I never even ate breakfasts. Yeah, that's interesting. So I had to really express myself. And there were times when I first started that I was making things like smoked oyster and prosciutto quiche with provolone cheese and cayenne pepper. I would make all sorts of interesting things that nobody wanted to eat. So (laughs) crab and asparagus quiche. I mean, I would make these wonderful things. Nobody ate it. I I would put even even a, a pepper, sausage pepper and onion quiche. Who wouldn't eat that? That sounds yummy, doesn't it? I would eat that, Everybody absolutely. Would pick out the green peppers and the onions. So I realized that when you are serving the masses, simple is better. So I make a bacon quiche. And if I have vegetarians here, then I can make a frittata without meat in it, which I did this morning. That was delicious, by the way. Thank you very much. So we try to accommodate everybody. But you put it out there and hope for the best. Put it out there with love and with hospitality. So now tell me what is the most rewarding since you opened this place, since you began this place, since you've sort of like come to fruition from like not even knowing how to run a bed and breakfast. I think my level of confidence uh, has really had a boost because when you're in the music business since I was nine for 40 years at, you know, at that time, you get so many uh, negatives. No, not quite good enough. No, we don't like the songs. Great voice, no image. What are we going to do with her? I'm not sure. You know, all of that stuff. Plus, no luck in the dating department. So if there are any single men out there that uh, are interested in a business owner from uh, Nashville, Give me a call. (laughs) Okay, Ellen Warshaw, the big bungalow in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Robin. It's been a real treat. Appreciate it. Always exploring, always milling about. Robin Milling chats with hospitality experts and innkeepers so you feel like you're there. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.